Hello there, it's uh, Gary Turner here on Friday the 21st of December 2018. As we near our Christmas break, I thought it might be interesting for those that either haven't listened to the podcast, the Value Through Vulnerability podcast so far, or maybe those that actually have, uh, but are interested to hear my thoughts as to the, the key takeaways or the summary messages that I found really, really helpful through leading the podcast since it came into fruition uh, back in May in 2018. First of all, I have to say, just a bit of background, the reason that I actually even set up this podcast in the first place is just through personal frustration. I didn't feel that I, there was enough um, challenge, enough insight, enough debate around the more human aspects of work. Um, I think there's some quite good, well, I know there's some very good podcasts over in the US, but not so many in Europe that are really challenging the status quo. You know, a lot of talk about, we need to change, we need to move from this out of date, mechanistic model of working but not really enough debate around that. So that really fueled me to say, right, okay, could I, in my own small little way, try and start some of these conversations that I believe are so important as we start to augment technology more and more. So I stepped into my vulnerability by setting up this podcast. I have no idea where it's gonna go. Um, I'm hoping it's been to some extent a success and it's serving other people um, and giving them different reflections or challenging their way of thinking that I think that is success. If that happens for one person for podcast, brilliant. But we're 35 podcasts in now with a special 10 by 15 minute podcast series for self-care week as well back in November, where we had 10 very generous people give up their time to, to share their self-care habits. So in total, we have 45 podcasts between May 2018 and now. And we have few, a few more coming in um, over the next couple of weeks with Jennifer Brown from Jennifer Brown Consulting um, tomorrow coming out. We then also have Louise Karunwi from the Yuntos Group. And then finally, in the new year, we'll have John Mervyn Smith, who's the chief psychologist with the GC Index. So we, we're going to start 2019 with a bang, hopefully as well, with a, with a whole range of new guests coming up, uh, lined up up until the end of Q1. So what are these areas that I've taken away? What are the big takeaways for me? This is going to sound really counterintuitive, but the number one thing for me is slowing down, stopping and getting present more often. This has been an absolute revelation for me. It shouldn't be. It's very, very obvious now that I, I sit here and say this to you. But we are just so, so busy reacting to the day-to-day. -day. We're saying that it's to the spooker world. It's very challenging, etc. And I totally, I totally get that. It is, it is a very challenging time. But I would question whether it's ever any more challenging than, it's, than we've had in the past. I think a lot of this is around us choosing how we actually use our day. I think it's quite easy to be a victim and actually just really, really succumb to what we think is the outside world telling us that we're busy, we don't have time, we've got, got to do X, Y, Z. Don't get me wrong, if you've got families, you've got kids, you're a carer, absolutely life is busy. But my point here is, if we can just give ourselves permission to stop more often, you would be amazed how much more time you will actually get back. It's like investing up front. And if I get so, so some of the people that spoke about this uh, throughout the podcast today were Helen Amory, back in episode one, Natalie Nuttall in episode 28 and also Lorna Lisa in episode 33. We're talking about the, you know, we all come from an innate growth mindset. You know, think about the children or the nieces and nephews in your life. You know, they've got this beautiful wonder still within them until they get to the age of seven, eight, whatever the age is. And suddenly we start to conform, we start to learn what our parents tell us how we should behave, how our teachers tell us how we should behave. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't have an element of respect. Absolutely we should. 
but how do we actually just stop and get present and get back to that wonder state and um, you know, just that complete free-flowing consciousness more often? Because leading on to my next point I wanted to make, what I only learned in July of 2018 is that the human experience operates inside out. What that means is, it really, really condensing this down, is that we project out more than circumstance impacts us. So have a listen to my podcast with Piers Thurston back in episode three. At that point in time, when I had that podcast with Piers back at one of my early ones in May 2018, I, I sort of knew what he's pointing towards, but I didn't get it because I was still trying to be too psychological around what he was telling me. I actually ended up doing the retreat with him, a three-day retreat during July, and it's been literally life transforming for me, literally life transforming. I'm talking an awful lot today, but I'm doing the same full-time paid job that I have for my employer. And I've now got one third more capacity, one third more spare time. And that's not that I've magic time out the thin air. Where's that come from? I'm not overthinking. I'm not as afraid as I used to be. I'm not telling myself I'm not good enough. It's just, it's incredible how much of our time we don't even realize we're spending telling ourselves a load of untruths or worrying or avoiding or fearing people. So I just want to put that out there. So do have a listen to Piers' podcast back in episode three. And also Matt O'Neill, who's, um, I've been really grateful to get to meet Matt over the last six to nine months. He's somebody that has also been on the retreat. In fact, he recommended me to Piers, but he's also a futurist, really interesting guy. And he touches on one of the key themes of this podcast, which is around inclusion. And he spoke about the fact that it's not going to be a choice anymore whether we're inclusive, it's gonna be a necessity because of the, how fast paced technology is, how much the world is changing. You know, that is, that is the truth. But our ability to deal with that is gonna come from us being more present, being more humanistic, and us listening to ourselves and those around us more often and not needing to have the answer all of the time. So there's some really interesting pivots for me going on here around this getting present, stopping, allowing yourself permission to just stop, and this also links back to self-care. Self-care, of course, is a, it is a do. It is something that people practice. Um, my belief is the more we slow down, the more we get present, the less we need to practice anything because we'll just have more resourcefulness, as I found over the last uh, six months in particular. So it might sound a little bit woo-woo all of that for you right now, um, but I fully recommend, and I cannot recommend enough, part of your 2019 plans, I recommend and I would assert would be just give yourself that space. Look at it like the Google 20% time to work on anything that they want to work on. See that for yourself. Give yourself, even if it's half a day, even if you've got family, you've got children, you're a carer, whatever your situation, give yourself permission to stop. And I would love to have a conversation with you at the end of Q1, end of Q2, if you do do this more often, to see what's showing up for you. Why this is also important is because one of the reasons I set up the podcast again is because I had my own mental health challenge back in June 2016. And what I found really interesting is having people on the podcast, such as Karen Bevan, who's a huge inspiration to me, back on episode 18. She's an ex-HR director of the year. She's also set up her own company now. You know, do, do have a listen to that podcast because she really vulnerably and openly shares her story of how she um, burnt, burnt out. You know, she ran herself into a burnout. George Kiley, back in episode 10, he had a severe panic attack. Why? Again, because he was overthinking, comparing himself to his peers, he was on the rat race and he thought the only way he could survive was to try and be better than everybody else. And then also we have Kate Hounsaw, who from uh, Everyday People, who leads mental health first aid training and is a fantastic person. Spoke about, back on that episode, about her superpower, which for her is around being very, very in tune with her self-awareness. So all of these discussions have been really helpful for me to, as, as well as attending the retreat with peers, 
to really clarify for me that we need to stop, we need to get present, we need to reduce our thinking, our overthinking about everything that's going on in our lives because we are sending ourselves into mental health challenges. They are not happening to us, we are doing it to ourselves. I know that sounds a really hard thing to say, but I truly believe that. And I'm one example of that. You know, I just, I'm just absolutely convinced on this fact that we don't need the drugs, we don't need the antidepressants. If we can just help people get the space to be heard, to reflect, to stop, I really believe that a lot of this mental health will disappear. And why does that, what does that look like? That's 35 billion annually, up through a mix of anxiety, depression, and stress, based on the 2017 numbers from the Mental Health Foundation. That's also, we can also help what Raj Sasodia spoke about in his book, Firms of Endearment, where he said 4 a.m. on a Monday morning is when most of the heart attacks occur in the US. You know, there's very real benefits to us as a human race, but also to business as a byproduct of us stopping, getting present, and really just looking after ourselves first. It is not a selfish act. So that's, I just really wanted to make a big point around that stopping and getting present, because it's just a huge, huge, huge element of what I've learned over the last six months. Moving more into a sort of work slant, what I think is quite interesting for me is I've taken away from a number of the podcasts around no one comes to work wanting to be a tyrant, which I think is quite interesting. We might challenge that. Um, I remember seeing a, um, there's a documentary online on YouTube you can find called The Corporation. Uh, this is something that I, I came across through doing the World Blue Freedom Center Leadership Program. It's a really fascinating two-hour documentary because what they actually look at is that if you look at the corporation as a thing, as a human being, it would tick every box for a clinical psychopath. So, you know, in terms of how it operates, how the inhumanity, you know, the bullying, the, you know, no concern for other people. If you actually look at the organization as an entity and how they're run generally, which of course they're run by leaders, they're not, it's not run of itself, of itself. But it's really interesting that it ticked every box for a clinical psychopath. So what's interesting for me here is the systems that have been learned over the last generation, the last hundred of years, we've been sending people through school, through, you know, doing their MBAs, Harvard, whatever they've been doing. We've been sending them through this rote education system for 20 years and then send them into the world, into this mechanistic way of working. And it's people have learned how to be more inhumane. People have learned how to protect themselves in a patriarchy because that's all that they know. So what I'm really pleased to see from my podcast, particularly from talking to Rihanna Begum, who was at that point in time with the Northwest Leadership Academy with the NHS. Also Ben Lunn, who himself has autism and is a huge um, advocate for disability rights and inclusion. And then Joe Candola, who also runs the Bias Gym, um, back on episode 22. These conversations for me were really, really powerful because what they spoke to was, again, and something that Perry Tim spoke about back in episode two, is that all of these isms are learnt. You know, we can unlearn being racist. We can unlearn being sexist. We can unlearn being ageist. But we've got to want to do it. We've got, and we've also got to see it in ourselves that actually maybe we do have a little bit of those microaggressions. You know, maybe it is like I gave very you know, vulnerably myself when I spoke on, on one of those podcasts where I spoke about that I used to have that terrible, terrible you know, stereotype around, oh, whenever you see an Asian woman cutting across three lanes of the motorway, you look, oh, you always see that it's an Asian woman. Like, that, I, I thought that for years, like ridiculous, because how many... If I'm using another stereotype, how many white men cut across and come off at the last minute? How many white van man drivers come across? We can stereotype the hell out of all of this. But actually, it's not about that. It's just about that one person in the moment cut across three lanes of traffic. It doesn't mean anything. It's not causal. 
But the problem is we've learned over many, many years to attach a meaning to what's ever going on with someone else that doesn't look like us. So my message here is lean in, go first, you know, talk to somebody that doesn't look like you going into 2019, be active and proactive and intentional about meeting people that don't look like you, that come from a different background, that work in a different department to you that you wouldn't normally speak to. You know, just go and speak to the MD, tell them what idea you've got to try and improve the inclusion within your organization. Or you believe that senior leaders aren't as aware as they could be. And this is what you would do differently if you was in that managing director or CEO's um, position. You know, step into your vulnerability. Be, be the change. I know this is a bit of a cliche, but, do, but be the change that you want to see in other people. Go for it. You know, what have you got to lose, honestly? You know, you're going to raise your self-worth. You're going to raise the respect in your organization. I genuinely believe if you do it with authentic, you know, coming from a servant point of view, genuinely look, looking after other people, people are going to want to engage with you around that conversation. On the other side, what I found really interesting was talking to Hung Lee on episode 32 of the podcast, where he actually talks about the anthropology, actually, of, t of, um, of tribes. And he speaks about the fact that exclusion is actually set up to keep people out. So we actually need to understand the reality and the context of the situation when we're talking about inclusion. Now, he's not saying at all that inclusion is not a good thing. Absolutely, it is. But this, really, this is a really good challenge and a really good reflection for me because when I look, if you look at organizational culture, what are you actually saying when you want to have an aligned culture based on values? You're actually saying we want these sort of people to work for us, but we want to exclude those that don't fit that subset. So I thought it was a really interesting and powerful reflection here. The important thing is here is that if you've designed your culture and your value system and you want the right people to work for you, that should be the right people regardless of their background, their color, you know, their race, how they identify, et cetera. That's the key point here. We're not saying, the point is you should still have an inclusive culture for your organization and what you're trying to achieve and make a difference in the world. But we shouldn't be naive, and I was naive to this point, that that is ultimately exclusion as well. So we just need to bear in mind when we're talking about inclusion, let's just be very clear that we're talking about inclusivity within the culture and the system, the dynamic within which we are trying to serve. That does mean we're going to be exclusive. We are going to keep people out that could upset that particular dynamic. So really, really interesting thought there around inclusion versus exclusion. But the key point here is inclusion within your relevant system should be fully inclusive, again, regardless of the background of that person. That's a massive learning for me and a really interesting reflection. Just want to come back to the vulnerability piece. Again, you could say, from depending on your quality of mind, all of these things are symptoms, but I think they're, it's important. You know, if, if, if we don't feel that we're able to be vulnerable, to go first, to give power to other people, to not be seen to have all the answers, or to be worried to be seen weak if I don't have all the answers, you know, that does take an element of vulnerability which comes from potentially overthinking. Because if you're thinking to yourself, I don't want to be vulnerable, that's because you're already layering up thought. So I do see that vulnerability is a symptom of depending on your quality of mind, but I think it's a really important thing to acknowledge because the more active we can be, the more intentional we can be about empowering those around us, around asking for people's feedback, the better results we're going to have as an outcome. This comes also back to diversity and inclusion as well. The evidence is out there in multiple reports. You've got KPMG, you've got Ernst & Young, you've got Boston Consulting Group. It doesn't matter where you look to have more diverse organizations, more inclusive organizations, taking a variety of different viewpoints is better for business. Yeah, it's just, it's out there. The evidence is out there. It's about how we manage these isms and actually step into our vulnerability and talk to people that don't look like us more often. That's how we're gonna grow. And we tapped into elements of this with James Reese, an executive coach in episode 25, 
also with Jeremy Scrivens back in episode nine as well, when he spoke about Jane, which was beautiful. So they saw Jane as the plate handler, inverted commas. They didn't see Jane as a whole person, which was beautiful. And she was actually a fantastic cook. Uh, and also, uh, I believe it was a, a scout leader uh, for girls over in the US. So there's so, so much going on here around, can you, what can you do if you're listening to this podcast? How often and who with can you go first in 2019 to role model your human-centered approach to life, your humanity? How can you get lean in and go first and learn from someone that doesn't look like you in 2019 more often? I really, really do assert that this is a really great opportunity for us in, in 2019. In terms of actively seeking, and listening to feedback. This was a real revelation for me back in episode eight with Hans Jurek, who's a talent partner, and also Kelly Swingler, who's the head rule breaker at Chrysalis Consulting back in episode four. What I found really inspiring by both of these people is they're just relentless, absolutely relentless and craving for feedback. You know, not a slight, oh, do you mind just feeding back on this bit? They were absolute feedback monsters, pardon the expression. They were insatiable for the feedback. And I just thought this was so inspiring because if we look at what does feedback mean, how often if we reflect for a moment, do we get given feedback that's either given badly, maybe not, not from a place of care for you. You know, that's why I think performance reviews are so hated by so many people, so despised, because we, we question where the intent is coming from, you know, and is it in our best interest or is it just in the interest of that person giving the feedback or is it in the interest of the organization to try and get us out if it's really bad feedback? You know, so I think there's something here about, again, be, just be more human. How can we again go first? How can we seek feedback from people? People that we trust, people that we believe will, will give it to us constructively and fairly, both for development and for reinforcing strength. I just thought I was so inspired to hear um, from both Kelly and Han because the more of us that can again go first, seeking feedback, and also go first in offering feedback. You know, people may not want to hear it, but why not just say, look, I've, I've I've observed you in that meeting. I just, were you open for me to give you a few feedback points around what I saw was really good, maybe something that might help you grow in the future? And I'd love more people to do that for me, and please do that for me on this podcast as well. I'd be really, really grateful. You know, we've not had an awful lot of feedback sort of in writing, shall we say, um, in terms of LinkedIn or, or Twitter. We've had a few people feeding back. So I don't genuinely know if this is landing for people. I, I know it's landing with a few. I believe it's helpful from the number of people I've had conversations with. But on mass, you know, is this, does it work for you? Is it helpful? Is it not helpful? Does the flow work? You, you know, how do I come across? You know, just let me, let me know all of that. Uh, I'm sorry for the ping, but I'm going to leave it in there because, again, I'm being human, I'm being vulnerable. I should have turned that part off. <laughs> Moving then on to another one of my key reflections here was around we need to be taking more of a long-term view, a more long-term view on those in our care at work. This is a really big takeaway from David Marquet. Uh, from Turn the Ship Around back in episode seven. Um, you know, he, he spoke really clearly about if, we, if we're going to see our human beings as this, you know, this abundant resource that we have, and I use the resource in the nicest possible way, you know, how often do we see human beings as a limiting resource? Okay, we need to actually, they're going to be a cost. If we invest in L&D, or if we're going to actually send them off to have a coaching course, that's a cost to our business, and we can't afford it. How about we completely reframe that and just completely see these human beings at work for us that we're already paying for as an unappreciated asset that can just keep giving more and more and more. I firmly believe at a time of exponential change in terms of technology, there is an exponential value to be um, yielded from our human beings if we just do it from a more intentional human-centered basis. I really believe that. 
And David speaks about that with regards, we need to be looking at our people in our care on a long-term basis and not on a short-term basis, like the outdated financial models that we have today. This has also reinforced me by Gary Ridge at WD40, an absolute hero of mine, as I've got the pleasure to meet him in the last couple of years. You know, he talks about that very fact. And in fact, he even challenges his investors. And I spoke about this on a couple of other videos in the last few months. He will only work with investors. They're a publicly traded company who will work on a long-term basis with him for his organization. He respectfully understands the short-termist model. It's just not for them. And I think we need more and more people thinking that way. And as BlackRock, as Larry Fink said, um, the BlackRock CEO, I think it was 18 months ago, you know, they are actively recommending to their investor community that they look at more sustainable um, businesses. And I believe sustainability means long-term and not just environmentally sustainable. But those two things for me go hand in hand. And I think this also then ties into my awesome podcast with and Amy Edmondson around psychological safety from Harvard Business School on episode 29, and also Louise Karunwi from episode 34, where we were talking about developing these safe cultures that promote belonging is so, so important. How can people genuinely feel that they belong if every quarter things are changing or they're getting a different message or a mixed message or a lack of clarity? So, you know, this long-term view, of course, it needs to be agile. We need to be flexible to adapt how we get to that long-term view, but ultimately people should feel safe. Should, people should be able to challenge the status quo. They should feel they can bring more of their whole self. They should believe that they're part of something that is enduring and not something that's just short term. I truly, truly believe that. And this has been one of my massive learnings and also clarification points. I always felt it as Gary Turner, but I never believed it, that it was something that was being so actively embedded in different parts of the world to work right now. And I'm just so grateful to the likes of David Marquet and Gary Ridge for the work that they do. And also increasingly now, as I've learned about them, Barry Waymiller, so with Raj Sosodia as well, of course, and um, Barry, Barry Waymiller, Bob Chapman. Just linking back a little bit to what I spoke about the mental health challenges earlier on and how a lot of that is overthinking for me. Wellbeing does, however, still have to be a priority. It, we need to be mindful that our people feel trapped in their heads. Our people do feel they're on the rat race. They feel that they're in a reactive space. Again, so wellbeing for me, has to be a priority, but well-being equals stopping getting present, just to come back to that point I spoke about earlier on. You know, Veronica Hyde was very, very kindly reached out to me and she wanted to use the Value Through Vulnerability podcast as a platform to try and spread the message of menopause for both women and also for men to better understand, you know, when pe women are at that time of life, it could, it could be as early as 30, which I didn't realize through to, you know, your, your 50s, 60s, et cetera. But what was really fascinating for me is that Veronica was able to use this platform to reach over 100 people. And she also inspired me to learn more about this particular um, aspect of life as well. And I wanted to talk about well-being because again, we had these 10 very kind people share 15 minutes of their time during self-care week in November. And I just want to let you know that those 10 podcasts sit on the Valley Through Vulnerability podcast. So if you just want to go and have a listen, hear how other people do manage their self-care in case they can help you drop some of your other habits that maybe maybe like me, you, you have too many practices and they start to become a stressor. That's also a risk with a lot of these um, well-being approaches. You know, my meditation, I had to do it at eight o'clock in the morning and six at night, or sorry, before I went to sleep at night. Otherwise I felt like I wouldn't feel good the next day. That's not the point of well-being. You know, that's not the point of meditation. If it serves you, if it's helpful, great. If it's not, don't do it. And I stopped to do my meditation after my quality of mind retreat with Piers because I didn't need it anymore. One of the big areas as well I want to look at is, uh, is trust here. You know, how trusted 
do you feel you are at work, at home and in society? And how trustworthy are those around you, in your opinion? What's really important, I believe, in a world that, you know, we've got all the fake news, we've got Brexit, we've got Trump and all this stuff everyone's talking about. You know, people, people don't feel they belong. Back to that point around belonging, that's the challenge right now. To, be, to feel we belong more, I believe we need to trust each other more. And that comes back to vulnerability and going first and trusting other people first. So that means you being more predictable. That means you demonstrating your ability and wanting to increase your ability to serve others better. It means you being true to your word, operating with integrity. And it also means leading from compassion. You know, I've struggled with this. I've not been compassionate about myself enough for over 20 years, let alone given the compassion that I should probably be giving other people at times. So my message here is trust yourself first, care about yourself first. It's, it's not selfish to look after yourself first, but from that place of self-care and self-love, give that to other people as well. Don't wait for others to give it to you, honestly. And we speak about this with Charles Green on episode 27 from Trusted Advisor. And also Helen Amory spoke about their trust equation back in episode one of the Value Through Vulnerability podcast. But trust yourself, go first, be vulnerable, and just go, yeah, just go first. I can't say it enough. You know, I've been so empowered and grateful that my network has expanded exponentially in 2018 because I've reached out to people that I've connected on Twitter with or LinkedIn with. I've tried to connect those two up. I'm interested to learn about them. How can I help them? Is there something I can learn from them? You know, none of this is about take. It is all about give. And I know Adam Grant wrote his, his, his book and he's got a really good TED talk called Give and Take. Can you give too much? I don't think you can. I don't think you can give too much, provided you're not looking for something in return. I'm, I'm not looking for, you know, I'm not looking for anything from any of you on this podcast as you listen to these reflections. The re why am I doing the podcast? It is basically, a, it's a servant-based podcast. Do I hope that one day I can work with people off the back of it? Do I hope I can learn from people off the back of it? Yeah, of course, but that's not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because I'm enjoying the conversations. I'm enjoying meeting new people. I'm leaning into my vulnerability by talking to people that don't look like me. I'm learning from people that don't look like me. I'm hoping to work with people in the future that don't look like me. So, you know, trust yourself, go first, and really expand your network in 2019. And I'm absolutely relentless in trying to help you. If you're listening to this, connect with me. Let me know the sorts of people that you'd like more of in your network, and I will connect you with those that are within my network. Open offer, and that's something I'd like to offer you today for 2019. Um, as we start to wrap up these reflections of mine, I'd like to also to, to, to point to structure creates freedom. This was a big takeaway for me as well, something that David Marquet spoke about in episode seven, and also uh, Amy Edmondson pointed to around being safe um, to play um, within your organization in episode 29. I think this also touched on for me, you know, a lot of Whitney Johnson's work. I'm gonna be really, really grateful to, to Whitney Johnson and thanks to Rich Cooper for making me aware of her work. So I'm gonna have Whitney on the podcast in 2019. She's done a load of really great work around job crafting and understanding when to jump your S curves, which are like your, your development curves, how to disrupt yourself. So really, really interesting thoughts here for me, because in order for us to actually have enough space to make the biggest impact in the world, we need to actually know what we can actually butt up against in terms of those, those, those boundaries. If we don't have boundaries, it's really, really difficult to know what to push up against and how, to, how far to push that envelope of ourselves and those around us. If there is no sort of, if there's nowhere to butt up against, it's very, very difficult to know what good looks like or what a success looks like for you if you don't know what your boundary is. And I found that really interesting. Structure creates freedom, such an important message. And also I want to put a shout out to Rob Baker from episode five of the podcast and also Holly Martin in episode 31. 
you know, Ollie Martin's a great example, someone that's left the police force, uh, was working in intelligence for the police force, really passionate guy, going into um, coaching and development of other people. And he, his podcast was so inspiring for me on episode 31 because he spoke about this, the transferable skills from those that work in the forces, different element of our public services. And you know, they are ready made to serve in the future of work that I can see that's coming. You know, augmenting technology with um, really deeply human skills. That, that's everything that Ollie was speaking to around being aware, about creative, about you know, minimum viable products, you know, working within volatile environments. They're really, really fascinating for me that. And also Rob Baker and his buoyancy. I just love his buoyancy uh, metaphor that he wrote about as well on LinkedIn. There's a link to that. And both of these guys are great examples of job crafting, something else Whitney Johnson speaks about. So again, how can we craft our own roles? How can you help those people and help yourself make the biggest impacts in 2019? One element of that for me is going to be, again, I'm not getting bored of saying this, going first and trying to create and flex your role, whatever that looks like for you, to make it more meaningful, more interesting, and more beneficial for you and those around you in work. And I think then as we start to wrap up, one of the other things I want to talk about is sustainability. So sustainability in environmental terms, absolutely, but also in terms of business terms. I had a really great conversation with Jenny Anderson, who's a real inspiration to me back in episode 11. She helps organizations align their activities with the global goals or the sustainability development goals. The, the messaging around we're all interconnected and we're therefore all interdependent is so, so important. If, if you're listening to this podcast, please, 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 if you haven't quite got that bit yet, do understand this. I only understood this this year as I had my midlife awakening. I've not had a crisis at all, far from it. I've had a midlife awakening in 2018, thanks to Kelly Swingler, again, who I did some coaching with back in February. We are all interconnected and we are all interdependent. Let's get away from believing that we are, this, we are these material beings that the only thing that matters are, are external, um, you know, nice car, nice house, nice wife, whatever it might look like for you. I had all of that. I was very grateful for all of that. It didn't feed me. It didn't feed my soul. It didn't give me intrinsic value and warm feelings and happiness and that I felt like I was making a difference. I had everything externally, but none of it made me happy internally for a long time. So I'm sure that will resonate with a lot of people. And I think it's something we need to be very mindful of as we make choices around how we do use more plastic. You know, do we move away from plastic? Do we downgrade the engine size of our car, which is actually something I'm doing going into 2019. You know, so there's some very important things here around environmental sustainability, but also sustainability of you, your, your well-being, your welfare, and also sustainability of businesses as well. Also, as work moves towards this augmented with technology and, and, and deeply more human skills, you know, Scott Santon's back in episode 17 was an absolute education for me around universal basic income. I can really see this being a thing and something that we need to be genuinely and sincerely thinking about on a macroeconomic basis um, for the world. You know, as we do get more automated jobs, hopefully we will have more human beings doing more high value jobs, but it's not going to be the same for everyone. So how can we actually move to this system where people can do more of the work that they love doing, but know they can put food on the table and have a roof over their head? So really base level one and two of Maslow's hierarchy, but then free up people to, to belong and to be able to make a difference in the areas that they want to really want to, regard, just knowing that they come from a place of safety. And I think finally, with regards to sustainability, I'd like to thank Raj Sasodia again from the Conscious Capitalism Movement back in episode 24. You know, I've known of the Conscious Capitalism Movement for a couple of years now, but I was really grateful that Raj spared um, some time with me to talk about the origins of that and also his new book that's coming up around the healing organization. 
you know, it's just all about these conscious choices. You know, we need to become more conscious in every aspect of our life. And Raj speaks to that in a really powerful and um, very moving way for me, um, to be completely honest. So the last things I want to speak about before I wrap up the summary, because I appreciate that I've given a lot of context, a lot of my viewpoints. I really want to summarize that shortly. But big thing for here for me is invest in you. Yeah, invest in you. Actively expand your network with people that do not look like you and do not think like you outside of your main skill set and outside of your main work sector that you operate within today. This was really pointed to too well for me with Mark Gilroy. Uh, we had a really great chat around this particular topic and also social media in episode 26 and the same with Wendy Daly back in episode 14. Uh, we are speaking about the value of social media to connect with people. Yes, it can be noisy, absolutely, but when managed well, when managed intentionally and deliberately, you know, my, again, my growth has fueled exponentially during this year because, because of social media, primarily through um, Twitter, but also through LinkedIn. So by connecting with people, by engaging in conversations, and this is my big thing here, you can be a voyeur, no problem at all with that, that's totally fine. But for me, the value comes from getting into a debate, having a conversation, direct messaging some of your contacts, can we have a 10 minute conversation? I'd like to get to e-meet you. you know, what are you working on? What do you care about? Again, go first. No, meet some new people. They don't have to look like you. Make sure they don't look like you. The more that don't, the more diverse your learning will be and the more impact you'll make on the world. I'm totally convinced of that. And the other thing as well is invest, invest in yourself in terms of physically stopping, again, getting out of your own way and practicing more. You know, I had some wonderful conversations around coaching with the likes of Julie Starr. The book, her book I wrote, The Coaching Manual, was brilliant back in episode 12. Deborah Hurwitz. Who's, who supports entrepreneurs um, through coaching and her mastermind groups. Uh, back in episode six, James Reese is ex executive coach, episode 25, Kelly Swingler in episode four. And I just think it's really, really interesting. One of the big things for me that comes out of this and also reading the Deliberately De Developmental Organizations book, which includes great inspirations like um, Next Jump, who also have an office in London, is it's about practice. So don't think that you need to be the polished article ever. Again, back to vulnerability, about being aware of yourself and where your strengths are and where your development areas are. It's okay to practice. It's okay to make mistakes. And why not do that with this network that you've got around you? You know, if you're interested to do that with me, I actually have five peer-to-peer -peer relationships right now. So I'm really grateful to the likes of Rich Cooper, to the likes of um, Katie Snell from Emerald Group. I'm grateful to a whole range of other people that I have in my network, that I have a, a one-hour chat once a month with a range of different people. So what's going on for you? What's going on for me? What are you struggling with? What can I coach you back with? So it's almost like a peer-to-peer -peer coaching network. And I've set that up this year in 2018, where I've got these five or six people that we have a regular conversation outside of our day job, outside of those organizations we work for. So we can talk about things we wouldn't necessarily want to talk to a line manager about. We talk about things that are maybe challenging to us that we don't want to talk about with other colleagues in our workplaces. So for, Build that network, build that safe space again, a safe group of people that you can really challenge, have debates with, check your thinking with. And the more you do that, the more confident you will get, the more empowered you will feel, and the more you will grow personally. And that will only manifest itself in the impact that you make in the world. Absolutely convinced of that. So invest in yourself, get present, and just really, really enjoy 2019. It's scary to some extent when you look at what's going on around us. But guess what? We are all interdependent. We are all connected. So, you know, just reach out like I'm offering to you. Talk to me. Talk to anyone else that's been on the podcast. I'm sure they'd be open to have a conversation with you. 
So as we move towards intentional human-centered organizations with enough freedom, but not chaos, to allow colleagues to mold their best selves at work, I truly believe we're gonna offer the flexibility and agility that's needed to augment technology. And this will progressively become a thing as Matt O'Neill spoke about back in episode 21. Absolutely sure of that. And you know, now is the time to do this, to bring this to life, to truly and deeply include your colleagues in every part of your personal growth, but also your organization's growth. You know, involve everybody that has a viewpoint, involve everybody that's got an idea. You know, Heather Hanson Wickham in episode 30 spoke about her new book, The Evolved Executive. It's a brilliant, brilliant book and pulls together so many strands for me of, of the future of work and a really nice playbook that, that's really, really helpful. But I think underpinning all of this, there's personal accountability. Yeah? You listening to this podcast, the only person that can make a difference bigger than themselves in your world is you. You can get help from other people. You can get guidance from other people. You can step into your vulnerability, go and, you know, go and offer yourself to other people. All of these things are really, really helpful to help you grow, but only you will help you make the bigger impact on the world that you want to make. Nobody else is going to do it for you, only you. But there are a lot of people around you to support you getting there, including myself. So summary messages here are slow down, stop, and get present more often. The human experience operates inside out. You project out. It's not what goes on outside in is pretty much irrelevant. Don't fall into the trap of believing circumstance causes you to act a certain way. Your, your whole life experience, 100%, is you projecting out. No one comes to work wanting to be a dick or a tyrant. Sorry, had to use that word. Just bear that in mind. You know, people have learned how to be that way, so we need to try and help them unlearn that by going first. Be more you. Lean in. Go first. Role model humanity. Role model vulnerability. Be the person you, be the person you want everyone else to be around you. Actively listen and seek for feedback. We need to take a long-term view on those in our care at work, which means take a long-term view on yourself as well. You know, don't be thinking, where do I need to be in the next one month, three months? Where do you want to be in one year, three years, and 10 years? And I love the message from Vishen Lakhiani from Mind Valley on one of his um, programs. He talks about that we overestimate what we can achieve in the short term, but underestimate what we can achieve in the long term. So bear that point in mind when you're thinking about yourself and those around you. Well-being has to be a priority in 2019, but well-being from the point of view of getting, stopping, getting present, and looking out for those people that are around you. Yeah, don't let anybody else be suffering. We need to reduce the suffering that's in this world and in work. Trust yourself more and those that you interact with. Go first with trust, be more benevolent, operate with integrity, be more predictable and, and demonstrate your ability. Be really, really powerful in 2019. I know that every one of you can be. Structure creates freedom. Look at the sustainability of your, how you impact the world consciously with your choices, with what you buy and how you impact the world, but also in your organization. How, how sustainable is your organization based on the current way of working and how it's led? Finally, expand your network. Meet people that don't look like you. Work with people that grow with people that don't look like you and genuinely invest in yourself. And finally, for those that may know me, maybe those that don't, all of this has culminated for me in setting up what my own idea to, to how to solve so many of these challenges and how to bring the world together and therefore to drive better outcomes is the listening organization has now been born the last few months that exists to serve individuals organizations and teams to better versions of themselves why because it's inclusive deeply inclusive based on trust set these these um, workshops and cultural interventions help people um, develop more curiosity operate from a place of purpose and values and just it's just literally about listening you know how do we listen to ourselves more 
How do we listen to each other more so that we can drive better relationships and better outcomes and better performance? We are finally at a stage where the world is finally talking about the fact that it's not the metric that magics itself up by some sort of magic wand. It is the human beings that drive the outcome. It is not the outcome that drives the human beings. This is finally being acknowledged, and that's why the handbrake's been put on, and we're now talking more and more about human-centered design. But I have a model ready, packed, being iterated, it's been tested, and it's working, to serve you as an individual, or your team or your organization, to a more human-centered way of working. And my, I'm really grateful that I've had managed to use my own work organization as a case study. And over the last three years, we've done a lot of the stuff we've spoken about on this podcast, this reflection, been working on that over the last three years. And I'm really grateful to see that pretty much everything I've summarized is now in operation within my immediate work team. And this work team has gone from being more fear-based, more reactionary three years ago, to being fully human-centered. And we are now have colleagues doing three jobs for the same organi- for the for the team that only used to do one job and they all love it, they enjoy it, and they're all actually going home at the normal times of work. So they're just more engaged, they're more empowered, and they're using the energies that are within them on good work and not just on fear. What's the result of that? 48% increase in sales over the last three years and 42% increase in margins. No extra headcount, no mergers and acquisitions, just with exactly the same group of people. Human centered design delivers, fact. And I'd really wish all of you a safe and enjoyable Christmas break. If any of this resonates with you, please do reach out to me. Let's have a conversation. I'd really appreciate your feedback on the podcast. Good, bad, and different. Who would you like to see on the podcast? Do you want me to expand on the themes of the podcast? You know, I'm going to be keeping it very human-centered. That's the whole point. It's what I believe in. It's what I'm all about. But if there's any other recommendations, please do let me know. And if you've got to the end of this podcast, thank you. Thank you for listening to any of the other podcasts. And thank you for showing up more in 2019. If you can pick just one and two, one or two of these areas I've reflected on as to what I believe could make, make a difference for you in the world in 2019, just pick one or two. Let me know what they are. Tag me on LinkedIn. Tag me on Twitter. If you have, DM me. But if, if, you're a bit being, if you're really prepared to step in, please put it out on Twitter. Gary, I listen to your Reflection podcast. I'm going to focus on this and this in the new year. Let's keep the conversation going around that. It'd be amazing to do so. So have a fantastic Christmas. Have a fantastic new year. Be more you. You are good enough. You're a 10 out of 10 already. Have a great 2019. And I look forward to speaking to you soon, I hope. And uh, this is Gary Turner from the Value Through Vulnerability podcast, signing off. Thanks.